convention uh, is reflect that this is this way of this is a form that we use the sense that I have 35 vatas you know if I said that to somebody that didn't, didn't wasn't a Buddhist they wouldn't know what I was talking about so I've got 35 vatas and while I was a samanera for one vata before that speaking a whole new jargon that And so the, the time, in the sense of, is there is there anyone that really has any vasas, or is this, you know, is there a real ajahn tomato or pratumato that has uh, 35 vasas that was a samanera and before that was a layperson. So this is like questioning and reflecting, and is it so easy to assume uh, all kinds of things from from our the memories that we hold and the conventions that we identify with? This word like identify is uh, I, I like because it, it's how we we see. You know, we use, identify with the body. We look at the body and say, "This is mine." So. It, that identity with it and with the memories, my memories, my vasas. When I was this or that, then this whole sense of a self arises and being a, a person. Being American, you know, or its identity with with a, that's just a perception, isn't it? That's, that's a convention. Is there really anything to be American here? You know, the question, is, it, is the body American or is the, is, the, uh, is the memory, you know, I have a memory 
a perception where the identity is with that word American. That's, it's an empty uh, form, isn't it, when you really investigate it. There's nothing to it, really. Because at this moment there's nothing, nothing, there's no core, there's no heart wood, there's no solid center or no essence or no substance. It's merely like uh, foam, bubbles, our identities. And so it's like dreams or illusions that this realm that we, we, we identify with and we hold to as reality is really illusory. And so our dream world, when we go to sleep and we dream, is are they any more, are they less real than the, this dream right now? Because when you're dreaming, they seem real enough. This seems real enough and if I go into the, if I identify with it. But if I reflect on it, this reflective ability, is that awareness, Noticing the way it is, then, then the then the reality, then there's reality. There's awareness and consciousness. There's intelligence, but it's not it's not identified with. I make no identity. I don't call it mine. There is not personal. So it's learning to, to say, recede, to go out of that turning wheel, to get yourself off the wheel into the, into the center, into the still point, to where you, the, 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 that which you can't get beyond. So how do, how do you find, how do you know that? How, you know, it's through this awareness, like in this, this retreat and, and all our life now is a, as samanas, they are the purpose of our taking on this form, Buddhist monastic form. What, do you, what are you doing it for? You know, what is it, what is your intention? You know, to, to create more illusions? And to identify or to use it as a as an expedient means, uh, something, a tool, and a skillful means or expedient means that encourages this awareness, this awakened state, attention, reflecting on the way it is. It can be rather scary because uh, emotionally we, you know, we can feel very threatened now because of the of this uh, impending sense of war uh, in the world and the the way everything is kind of winding and winding itself up. Have a big war against evil, the terrorists. Now we've got an enemy, and it the terrorists and uh, 
and this is kind of thrilling, kind of it's exciting to the emotional, uh, to our emotions. That's also threatening. But in many ways, on the level of our illusions, this is this goes along with the way we, the illusions we have in life, isn't it? How we're kind of programmed to think in terms of enemies and good and evil, right and wrong, and uh, this, this this sense of what's good. We're on the side of what's right. We're, you know, if we're uh, we don't identify ourselves as terrorists. I am a terror. <laughs> I don't know why I've been a terror. Maybe they should come and shoot me down. A terror-terrorist. Another. They don't even pronounce. They pronounce it terrorist generally. So, these, this is, uh, you know, the thing of, we don't identify that. The United States, they don't think of themselves as terrorists, even though they terrify a lot of people. The way they blasted uh, Serbia, and they continually, I hear they're constantly bombarding Iraq. You know, they never get Saddam Hussein, he's too clever, they just get innocent bystanders <laughs> and uh, the ones who aren't terrorists and yet uh, they call them fighting for rights and uh, for the law and for what's just and freedom and so this is uh, and the uh, and then the terrorists they're fighting for the purity of Islam or whatever some kind of of uh, convictions they have in regards to their particular position. Most probably coming from very strong sense of we are right, you're wrong. And of course we can demonize, it's easy to demonize, you know, in the Western press to make the kind of Middle Eastern when you see a Middle Eastern person now, you know, and we we can demonize them so that they, you know they're all you know potential terrorists with with uh, some kind of horrible weapons and in intention to destroy us, to destroy our security, our sense of safety, the sense of ourselves, our goodness, our society, freedom, our religion. Uh, democracy, all its good, American values, justice and liberty and happiness and all the rest they want to take it away from us. And so then, then we can, you know, we, we all we can feel when we get caught into that way of thinking is, uh, you know, we've got to really fight against them, protect ourselves from these horrible people. And they no doubt create the same delusion around us. So, I mean, who's right and who's wrong? <laughs> and then you get into another fight, you know, where, you know, each one's con totally convinced the other is wrong. But when you 
look at it through reflection, it's all an illusion, isn't it? You know, is there any anyone, any person, any condition that is absolutely right and uh, or absolutely wrong or is uh, can right and wrong and good and bad be absolute? Is these are these of is uh, is these are, are the prerogative good is the prerogative of us, the Western democracies and wrong is uh, is what the way those uh, Islamic fundamentalists are those Middle Eastern people, those Arabs, those Muslims, and on and on like this. That when you dissect it, when you put it, really look at it in terms of the way it is now, there's nothing to it. It's foam on the sea. It's soap bubbles. And yet this is this is how we can get ourselves completely caught up into these illusions. To sacrifice our life for an illusion. Uh, for our, to try to protect our identities, our positions, our territory. <coughs> Isn't it? We're very territorial. So we think this England here belongs to the English. And then, uh, uh, so that then we, when we take that apart, does, a, does this plot of land here say it's England? You know, does that earth, when I walk Joan Grove, stand outside, and the earth comes up and says, You're walking on me, England. Never said that, ever. Uh, but I say, I'm walking here in England, and I, so I'm, I'm the one that's calling it England. And that is an identity, a conventional identity, isn't it? That we we all agree to call this plot of land here in England, <laughs> but it's not really that. It is what it is. And yet we'll fight over it, isn't it? We'll we'll fight to you know we'll we'll torture, we'll commit the most atrocious acts over territory, quibble about you know one inch of property on a border. <clears throat> or like Israel, you know, they're, they're thoroughly convinced that God gave Israel to the Jews. doesn't belong to those, those Palestinians because God gave it, you know, how many years ago, 3,000 years ago or something to the Jews. So it's their land. So then that, that, that's a, that they all agree to look at it like that and so then they, they, they have a, a power behind that belief around that illusion. When you pick it apart, there's nothing to it. it it's, uh, it's nothing, you can't, the, the land doesn't belong to anybody. It is what it is. Can I claim, even though I can, if I own land, I legally, you know, I'm, I buy a plot of land and they say this legally in, in the, the, the law book, this, is, this belongs to uh, Ajahn Sumato. doesn't really. That's just a convention. 
uh, you know, what we, our, our belief in the legal system is something to depend on. So when we, when we bind ourselves to these conventions and these illusions, then of course we're in for trouble because uh, these are, you know, these are so unstable and, and, uh, and not, the, not in, in a line with Dhamma so that we end up, you know, wasting our lives around, try, you know, trying to, to increase this sense of identification, to increase the sense of it's mine and it uh, belongs to me and, and I want to protect it. I want to hand it down to future generations, on and on like this, into the, the sense of future lives, or the generation that follows, and we create a, the whole realm of illusion and personality and identity with the create with the perceptions that we create in our mind, which arise and cease, which have no real core to them, no essence. And yet, uh, you know, we can be very threatened when these illusions are threatened. Remember, first, questioning the reality of my personality scared, scared me to death. When I started questioning the, even though I wasn't particularly, I didn't have particularly, you know, high, uh, overly confident, high self-esteem. Uh, I had never been prone towards, uh, towards seeing myself in, in kind of megalomaniac perception. Usually the opposite, very critical, self-critical. But even then, I felt very threatened when when that, that, that security of that confidence in being this screwed up personality was being threatened. <laughs> because uh, there is a stability, even, you know, like you find people that are uh, identified with, with kind of illnesses or negative things like alcoholics. And or being uh, identified with some kind of mental air, mental disease, like a, a p- paranoia or a, a passive, aggressive personality, or or schizophrenic, or or you know whatever. These these give us a sense of we know what we are, and we can justify our, you know, the way we are, because I'm, we can say, oh, you know, I can't help the way I am, I'm a schizophrenic, or whatever, and that, that uh, gives us a sense of allowing us to, to be a certain way. And, a, and a, maybe a sense of confidence or stability in the, in the fact that we, you know, our identities are, are labeled and and we all agree to look at you in this way, with this label, with this perception. So you realize the, the kind of uh, courage it takes to question, to, 
to to uh, allow the illusory world that we we've created to kind of fall apart. You know, like a nervous breakdown or a, something. You know, where the world falls apart. The the security it offered, the safety, the the confidence that we gain from that illusion starts cracking, falling apart. This is very frightening. And yet, within us, there's a something that that guides us through it. You know, there, you know, when we what brings us into this life, into monastic life usually, is some intuitive sense, a sense behind the sense, an intelligence behind the, all the knowledge and cleverness of our minds. And, what, and yet we can't claim it on a personal level, isn't it? We, we always have to let go of the personal perceptions. Because as soon as we claim it, you know, like I am the all absolute or that, then uh, uh, on, on this level of personality, you know, then, it, then we're, we're, claim, we're, we're creating another illusion again. So instead of, of claiming or identity or cl- cl- attachment, we, be, we began to recognize, to realize or recognize the way it is. So that's where this, this practice of awareness, satisampatanya, paying attention, being, uh, in other words, it's, it's going to the center, to the center point through the position, the Puto position, the Buddha position, like this Buddha image, and it? it's the, the still point. If you look at this, this Buddha Rupa, that's, that represents, that's a symbol, that's an image representing the human, human form in the still point. So then, uh, the encouragement to, in, in what we call meditation, in the, this word meditation, could mean all kinds of things. Uh, it's a kind of word that includes all, any kind of, kind of mental practices, good or bad. But when I use this word, it's mainly, it's what I'm using it for is is uh, the whole the, that centering that sense of establishing going resting in the center, and the only way that one can really do that you can't do it if you think about it and try to and try to analyze it you you have to trust in just a simple act of attention of awareness. And it's so simple and so direct that our complicated minds get very confused. What are you talking about? I don't see any still point. I've never found a still point in me. 
When I sit and meditate, there's nothing, there's nothing still about it. But there's an awareness of that. Even if you think you're, you've never had a still point or you're, you're, you're a really confused, messed up character that, uh, that really, uh, you know, really can't meditate. Trust in the awareness of that very perception. And that's why I encourage, you know, whatever you think you are, to think it deliberately. You know, if you, you know, what the kind of perceptions you have of yourself. So that they're not just kind of habitually kind of going through and you're just trying to believe, either believing them or trying to get rid of them. Because the more we try to get rid of uh, our personalities, the, the more confused we get. If you, if you assume you've got to get rid of your personality in some way because it's an illusion, uh, then, you're, then you're, you're caught in another illusion that I'm someone who has a personality that i got to get rid of. So I'm the personality that's got to get rid of my personality. Get nowhere, isn't it? Ridiculous. So it's, it's not a matter of of getting rid of, but of knowing. So, in, in be you know, be a personality. Then, really, really, uh, intentionally be a per- Take it to to absurdity. That's a lot of fun. Take your personality to where it's totally absurd. And listen to it, so that your your but your relationship is not one of identity, but of recognizing this is I'm creating this personality. This is a changing condition. I can't I can't create any kind of personal perception that lingers or stays. You know, there's nothing that that I can create on. Through my through my mental power, that has any any staying power as on on a personal level. It's all very illusory, very changing, very uh, ephemeral. Then that which is aware of the personality, so I, I deliberately think, I am a, mess, a screwed up person that needs to meditate in order to become enlightened in the future. I think that, but I'm listening to it. I'm deliberately thinking it. And I'm investigating it. So I'm deliberately, I've created that, that perception. Something like, it's not, you know, I've chosen to think that and I can hear myself thinking that that which is aware and listens to that perception. I don't create. It's not a creation, is it? I, uh, I create this, this perception, but that which is aware of the of this perception. 
So you, you can investigate and begin to, to know the difference between awareness and thinking. What is, what is the still point, the center, the point that includes? So this kind of thinking is reflective, isn't it? I'm just asking myself this question to, to, to bring attention to this. I'm not looking for an answer in terms of somebody to give me an answer to that question, but that, that's a reflective question that brings my attention. It helps me to focus, to be aware. And the more I pay attention, you know, where then the more I recognize in this still point there's this resounding sound of silence. And it, I didn't create that. It's not a creation of mine. It's not like I can't claim sound of silence as some kind of personal creation of mine belongs to Ajahn Sumato like trying to claim the, the air or the space it all belongs to me all the space in the world is like a ridiculous thing <laughs> so the person you know you can't, you can't create a person around it you can only be the sense of being this still point, resting, opening, and allowing the personality, the body, the, the, the uh, emotional habits that arise, the thoughts that we have. Our relationship to them now is, is understanding or embracing rather than identifying. No. As soon as we identify with it, you know, think of, we have a negative thought, and then then we it hooks us. Uh, I feel uh, some negative feeling, and I, oh, I go again, being critical and negative about somebody, and I shouldn't do that. And I've been a monk all these years, and how can I stop doing that? And well, I'm lost, it isn't it? I'm back in the I've, I've identified with uh, with a negative thought, and it and it triggers off all kinds of feelings of of uh, despair or I shouldn't be like this. I shouldn't think like this. A good monk should love everybody, <laughs> and then you suddenly stop that. There's a there's a back in the center again. So, you recognize that no matter how many times you go out on the wheel, you, it's just a very simple act of attention to be back in the center. It's not, it's not a, a state, you know, it's not that difficult or remote or precious. We're just not used to it. We're used to being on the turning wheel. We're used to to going around and around and and becoming all kinds of things. We're used to that. We're used to delusions, fantasies, dreams, 
We're used to extremities. And so what we're used to is uh, we incline to do that. If we're not attentive, if we're not vigilant, then we easily fall back into the turning wheel because we're used to that. And, and that's what, and so, and even though we suffer in that turning wheel, we're used to it. So, uh, you know, we, when we, when we, when we aren't aware, say, we aren't vigilant, attentive, then we easily fall back into, into that, into the realm of suffering. But then the, the good side of it is that we, the more we develop awareness, cultivate this awareness, then those habits, the things that we're used to, we start you know, the kind of deprogramming. We're not feeding those illusions anymore. We're not believing, we're not following, we're not resisting, we're not making any problem about the, the body as it is, or the memories, or the thoughts, or the habits, or the personality we have. We're, we're not judging, or, or condemning, or praising, or adulating, or exaggerating anything. It is what it is. So and as we do that, then our identity with it begins to slip away. We no longer seek identity with our illusions. We, we've, we've, we've broken through that. We've, we've seen through that illusion of self, what we think we are. And then our inclination is towards this center point, this Bhutto, this Buddhist, Buddha position. So trusting this, if you keep, if you know, it's something you can really trust. So that's why I, I keep saying this, just encouraging. Because a part of us doesn't trust, you know, when you think about it, you don't trust it. Or, you know, you, you, can, get, you can get very confused. Because other people will say other things and you'll hear all kinds of opinions and views about meditation and Buddhism and all that. So, and, and within this Sangha, there's so many, so many monks, nuns, there's so many views and opinions. And it's a matter of, of learning to, uh, you know, not get, you know, learning to trust yourself, the ability to be aware, rather than then think, well, I'm not good enough to really trust myself. I've got to develop the jhanas first. I've got to purify my sila first. I've got to uh, get rid of my neurotic problems and my traumas first before I can really meditate.
And if you believe that, then that's what you'll have to do. <laughs> but, uh, but if you begin to see what you're doing, you know, that that very illusion And you can trust in that, just the simple recognition. It's not even condemning the illusion. It's not even saying you shouldn't do those things. I'm not saying you shouldn't purify your sila or, or uh, resolve your emotional problems, go to therapy or whatever. I'm not saying you shouldn't do any of these things or you, you, shouldn't, uh, uh, you, know, you shouldn't develop the jhanas. And that, I'm not making any statement about should or shouldn't, but pointing to something you can trust of this, the, the awareness that sati sampachanya here and now. Now if I should say if, you, no, if one of you should come to me and you say, Ajahn Tomato, I'm really screwed up. I'm, you know, I was very badly treated when I was a child and, I'm, and I've got so many neurotic problems and fears and, and, uh, and I need to, you know, really, you know, go to therapy and, and get these things straightened out in some way because I can't really meditate the way I am, and, and I say, well, yeah, you should, you know, you're really screwed up. <laughs> and I think you should go to a therapist and, uh, and, and straighten yourself out first, and then, then meditate after that. Would that be very helpful? Would I be pointing to the, to the, to the, to the still point, or would I be perpetuating your own self-view? Even that view might be right on, on a worldly limb, not saying you shouldn't. <clears throat> so this is, uh, you know, I feel the best, not to, not to, uh, not to tell you, you know, uh, like say, you are this way or that way, uh, you know, not to give you some kind of, of identity uh, to attach to, but to kind of empower you or encourage you to trust in your own ability to wake up, to pay attention. Then that, you know, whether you, whether you, you know, the result of that, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping it'll be, you know, a good one. But it's true, you know, it's not, uh, your true identity isn't with any condition. You know, pointing to the present, the Pachubana Dhamma, Now that, then we grasp that idea, so then we think, we don't need to do all those things. We don't need to be monks or nuns. We don't need therapy. We don't need, uh, you know, we can just meditate. The pure meditation will solve all our problems, and then we grasp that. 
And so then we become, you know, uh, we become anti-religion. I think all religions are a waste of time. Psychotherapy is a waste of time. You don't need it. All you need to do is be mindful and meditate. And we grasp that view. That's another viewpoint, isn't it? So that's not pointing at, you know, that kind of, that kind of opinionating, uh, those kind of opinions are not pointing at the center, are they? They're just, they're judging the, the, con- the conventions or the conditions again, saying you don't need religion, you don't need, it's all a bunch of rubbish. And even though you can say that's true, you know, you know, ultimately, uh, all you need is just to wake up. <laughs> but that's that's uh, that in itself. That what I've just said is the convention of language, and so this is where this this uh, empowerment or this encouragement is 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 pointing to to an imminent act of awakening, not to 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 tell you 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 as some kind of person you're asleep and you should wake up. or that you should grasp that idea, but that sense of, of, of actually being there. Now, in the Western world, we get very complicated because they're, you know, they're very, uh, we, you know, just, uh, we don't have a lot of uh, sadha usually in this. You know, when we become samanas, the, the, the Asian Buddhists, uh, you know, they tend to have uh, culturally more attuned to this. They have a lot of faith, oftentimes in Buddha Dhamma Sangha and in a teacher or something like this, where where we come to um, Buddhism, most of us, when we're adults, and we've gone, we're skeptical. Usually, we've we, we've gone through a lot of uh, skeptical doubts and and strong strong self images, hard strong sense of individuality. Now, I mean, speaking for myself. Uh, it's you know the, my my personality was 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 a doubting skeptical one. So so doubt this witchikita was a was a really you know it was it was the it was one of my greatest obstructions. Doubting, and that's why I couldn't be a Christian because. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't believe in what I was supposed to believe in. I just had not my. It's totally impossible for me to to believe in the in the in the kind of doctrines that you have to believe in to be a Christian. Mm. Skeptical, doubting character, and quite, and also. Uh, at the age of 32, was quite cynical 
had been through a lot, had a lot of bitterness about life, disappointments. I was not pleased with my life at 32, and I was disappointed with myself and, and, and a lot of others and the world. I mean, there was, there was a, a kind of despair, a bitterness, and doubt, and yet there was the, 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 the faint light at the end of the tunnel was uh, in Buddhism. There was one thing that, that still I could still had some hope for, and that was the, I was interested in Buddhism. And so that, that, was, uh, that was a sign to me of the way I started. I had something, some kind of sign that, that uh, drew me into this life. But then, uh, the good thing about being highly individualistic and skeptical and doubtful is, is you, 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 do tend, you, is you do tend to question everything. You know, uh, the, the sacred, uh, that which is sacred and never question oftentimes in, in uh, you know, religions uh, were allowed to be questioned. You know, one thing I appreciated with Lung Po Cha was everything was up for questioning. You know, he was never one to to kind of uh, come, you know, a peremptory approach of you have to believe in this and you have to believe in that. And uh, there was never that hard, heavy-handed uh, dictatorial style. It was. It was uh, all. It's much more. This reflective, you know, questioning, inquiry. But we, we because we we don't. You know, one of the problems with Westerners is that we we're complicated because of the lack of faith. We and the, and our identities are so. It gets so complicated in so many ways with with highly personal like like we take everything personally uh sexual desire isn't it the sexual force in the body is 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 regarded as very personal, even hunger like and thirst hunger for food we, we identify with it in a very personal way and the basic Forces <laughs> that are, you know, that are just natural. We are, we take on and, and and judge them personally. So we can feel very guilty about having sexual desires because, or even having sexual organs, or sexual bodies, or being hungry. You know, I've seen monks get, feel guilty about being hungry because they see it as greed. greedy or the the negative side or getting angry or jealous we you know this is this is uh, these are disgusting we shouldn't be angry we shouldn't get angry we shouldn't be jealous we shouldn't be brave 
We shouldn't be cowardly and weak, pusillanimous. And we've got, so we, we, we get very complicated because we judge ourselves endlessly, criticize ourselves according to maybe very high standards, very ideal, noble standards and uh, that we can never live up to. So we, we are, we, we get very uh, self-disparaging and neurotic and depressed because uh, we're not in touch with nature. You know, we've, we've, we've come from the world of ideas rather than realizing the natural laws. So in meditation is recognizing the way it is, the Dhamma, the natural law, the way things are. That sexual desire is like this, it's not mine. The body is, a, is like this, it's a, it's a sexual body, so it's going to have these energies. It has sexual organs, it's, a, it's made like this, this is the way it is. So it's, it's, it's not personal, they didn't create it. So we begin to look at, at just the kind of most obvious things the basics, the human body, in terms of the way it is rather than uh, identifying with it personally. Hunger and thirst are like this. And, and uh, when we get into just the, the, the instinctual energy, survival, isn't it? Survi we have strong survival instincts, procreative instincts like hunger and, and thirst, survival, protect ourselves, need for safety. We, we all need to feel some kind of physical safety, uh, and which is, you know, survival instincts. These are basic to, to the animal kingdom, not just the human. And then it gets more complicated because we we identify with it and judge it according to very high standards, ideals. Then we become neurotic, you know, it gets all over the place. Can't do anything right. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, in the, this complicated <clears throat> mess that we, we create in our lives. Very confusing. So it is uh, the time now to see that that um, this needn't be seen in, in terms of uh, even no matter how complicated it is, the practice is very simple. So so this is where we do need a lot of patience because when we're very complicated, we are, we 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 oftentimes lack patience with ourselves. Because we we we've got clever minds, we've got we think very quickly and we, we have strong passions and we're so easy to get lost in all this and it, it's very, you know, confusing for us because, uh, because we don't know how, we don't, we don't have any way out of it, we don't know a way to, to transcend or to see it in perspective. So what I'm pointing to, I'm pointing to this center point, 
through this still point that are here and now is pointing away the, the way of, of transcendence or of the escape from it. Not, not, a, not escape by running away out of fear, but the escape hatch that let, allows us to get perspective on the mess, on the, on the confusion, on the, on the complicated self that we've created and that we identify with. So it's very simple and it's not complicated. But if you start thinking about it, then you, 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 can, you can make it very complicated. <laughs> you know, oh, well, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> and then, then another complication takes place. But if you, that's where there's trust. If, this is, I don't know if, I, if you're aware that that's, that's just a perception in the present. I don't think I can ever realize Nibbana is a perception in the present. Trust in that. That's all you need to know. It is what it is, you know. We're not saying, we're not judging even that perception. We're not saying, what a stupid perception. We're not, don't add anything. <laughs> it is in the perception. And that awareness of it, that's what I'm pointing to, the awareness. Learn to trust in that awareness rather than in the, 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 what the perception is saying. Even the perception might be common sense in a way, but the attachment to it uh, is, is where you get lost in it. And we can have very, you know, you know, we should practice meditation. We should, you know, not be selfish and we should... Uh, you know, learn to be more disciplined and more responsible for our lives. That, that's very good, you know, good, good advice. But then if, if I attach to that, what happens? Then I, I go back and thinking, I'm not responsible enough, I've got to become more responsible, and um, I need to, uh, I shouldn't be selfish, you know, I, I'm too selfish and I shouldn't be. And I'm back into the turning wheel again. So it, it just goes on, you know. You, you, one gets so intimidated by even the best advice. <laughs> so what, what to do? <laughs> and so then this is trust in the awareness of it. And then uh, I should be responsible is then is seen and then and and one's relationship to it is no longer grasping it. And then maybe if that if that resonates as something to, to you know, something to uh do, then then be more responsible or whatever. But it's not it's not like denying or blotting out or condemning or believing but trusting in the, in the attitude of attention and awareness rather than endlessly 
trying to sort it out on the turning wheel with all its complicated thoughts and habits where you just get dizzy and get totally confused. So you see, in the still point, it gives you perspective, you know, on the conditions, on the turning wheel, on the, on the confusion, on the mess. It, it puts you in a relationship to it is the knowing of it for what it is rather than some kind of personal identity with it. So that then you can see your true nature is this knowing, this, this, this pure state, pure consciousness, pure awareness. You're, you're learning to remember that, to be that. Uh, your real home, what you really are, rather than what you think you are, according to the, the uh, conditioning of your mind. So, I'll stop here, and then this is we can have the uh, traditional midnight vigil, all invited to participate. And then, uh, whatever you do, then just be fully aware of what you're doing, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm not even, I don't even care if you stay till midnight, you know, but uh, to be aware of what you're doing, if you're, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, if you really uh, trust in that, then, then that would be uh, praiseworthy. <laughs> but only you know, isn't it? You know, nobody's, gonna <clears throat> whether, whether you can praise yourself or not. Oh, that's all I'll say this evening.